Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host, Jo Millman, and this is episode 177, Unravel Review with Amy of Knit Spin Cake. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 177 of the Shiny Bees podcast. I'm Jo, I'm your host, and today is Wednesday the 16th of June 2021. How are you? I hope you have all been well since last time I spoke to you a few weeks ago now. It's been pretty bonkers over here, so I've been underground basically, sorting my life out, and I'm back again today with you with a special guest, Amy Lee as was Nicholson of Knit Spin Cake, the podcast. She attended recently, following on from the last episode 176, where we were talking about a hybrid yarn festival and some thoughts around that. Amy actually attended Unravel Festival. She went to the virtual marketplace, she went to a workshop and she went to some of the talks as well. So I thought she would be a great person to get onto the show to give a bit of feedback from somebody who actually attended the event obviously to kind of round off the last episode's thoughts and chit chat, which is great. If you haven't checked out her podcast before, it is Knit Spin Cake. I will put links in the show notes for you as always, which will be at shinybees.com forward slash 177. And you can go and have a listen to her and check out her socials. She's always knitting something ace. So definitely worth checking out what she is up to. But it was great to have her on. We're really good pals and I really enjoyed chatting to her about all things knitting and having just a bit of a muck about and a play. So I hope you will enjoy this episode. So grab your brew, grab your knitting and let's get on with the show. Let's talk unravel. Yeah, so super excited. We've got Amy Knitspin Cake, your official name. Amy Lee with us today on the podcast to talk about Unravel. Thank you for coming, Amy. Thank you for having me along, Joe. It's really nice to come and and to see you first of all and to talk knitting stuff. It's really nice. I'm so excited. We've just been talking about um when I first started listening to your podcast way back in the day when I was going to Africa and binge binge listening to your podcast and so it was like you and then Rizzle Kicks was in the charts and so I've got like you Rizzle Kicks my mother-in-law's house hiding upstairs and massive hornets like enormous hornets as a a burned in memory but obviously since then like we've become mates we've been to pod retreat one and two like all of the things so it's dead exciting you've never been on my podcast before have you? No, no, I haven't. And we've known each other for so long now. So it's nice Probably to be about here. A decade. Yeah, cool. So we were talking about Unravel and you mentioned that you had gone along to the virtual event and yeah. you were listening to some of the talks and things like that. And so we decided we would get together and do a podcast episode and chat about your experiences of it, of it. because the last episode we did was talking about this idea of a hybrid yarn festival and how they might work in future and some ideas and musings. So I thought it'd be cool to get you on. So give us a rundown then. What 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 did you attend as part of the virtual 
offer? So, uh, yeah, I mean, after listening to that podcast episode, it kind of just pinged in my head. I'd been kind of toying with the idea of, of going to unravel because I'm like craving yarn festivals so hard right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I just thought, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. And my husband was kind of encouraging me, just do it, enjoy it. You've got the weekend, just just do as you please. So, yeah, I registered. Um, I registered for the, the virtual sessions, which included um, social events, it included um, vendor events, so kind of vendors were taking our slots so you could dip in and out on Zoom. And I also booked a workshop with Bristol Ivy, which was knitting outside the box. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I started. Mm-hmm. And as the weekend went on, I kind of just got more and more into it. <laughs> um, wow. But that's really good. Um, I kind of dipped in and out of the vendors because it was it started on Thursday with like mm-hmm. a Vogue Knitting Live kind of collaboration with Unravel. So yeah. the Thursday were all vendors in the States, which was really cool. Um, one of them was amazing because they were a wool shop that specialised in British wool, but they were coming from Pennsylvania and they were kind of like, this is really weird talking to you guys in the UK. And they stopped <laughs> like Westerners and went to a long wool sheep shop. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. It was really nice because, because it, it's a virtual event. It just opens up in terms of accessibility and being able to – to see vendors that you might never have seen before. Mm. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I kind of dipped in and out of the UK vendors because Friday I was working and then Saturday and Sunday I kind of, I, I dipped into John Arbon on Sunday, which was mm-hmm. just, oh, so many nice things. Um, and then, yeah, I did the social event on the Friday night, which was the um, Keep Calm and Carry On, did a podcast live. Mm-hmm. And there was only about 20 people on it, but it was really nice because there was a lot of interaction going on. Yeah. And they had like prizes and things. So that was quite a pleasant way to kind of feel involved. I didn't do the Saturday night one. <laughs> well, I'd booked tickets for it. It was, um, they were kind of TED Talks, knitting TED oh, Talks. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought, okay, this sounds really interesting. Um, and I dipped into it, but it was a little bit too arty for me. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very much kind of around um, kind of knitting art. There was a bit on craftivism and things kind of more museum curations and how they look after collections um so I kind of just dipped in and out of that one I wasn't really feeling in an arty mood mm-hmm. um and I didn't do the Saturday night one but the Saturday night one was actually a, a games night so they were playing bingo and they had a quiz epic which sounded amazing uh, but time just totally got away with me on Saturday by the time I looked up it was kind of halfway through so I didn't dip into that one but it sounded mm-hmm. incredible yeah so yeah it was a really it was quite an interesting um quite an interesting variety of things that they had on and I think it was really good value. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of registering and the price and the workshop was incredible it was so good that I actually did the one the next day the, same, oh, like, wow. the next workshop so I did two with Bristol Ivy over the weekend that's brilliant and obviously it's not that easy especially at a normal event when you're trying to get tickets for these in-person workshops and it's like one of the big names it can be really tricky to get a ticket yeah. and to be able to you know and then you have to break up your day and plan to get to wherever the venue is and and sometimes it can be quite tiring I think to go either out of a, the vendors into that and then back into the vendors or there's so much going on and um, yeah. it's quite a nice idea to be able to do it online. It was really chilled and there was only there was kind of only about 10 or 11 people in each of the workshops so again mm-hmm. it had that really personal feeling like they'd limited numbers so even though it was online they could have you know opened it up to the masses but they kept it quite limited so you had that nice interaction with with Bristol and she was kind of she was coming to us from the states um so it just it just felt really nice and yeah I loved the first one and then the second one was shawl shapes so it was more oh, about right, yeah. design. 
So, uh, yeah, I've kind of got the design bug at the moment. Oh, gosh. Bursting, <laughs> bursting full of ideas. Uh, <laughs> but loved it. She she was absolutely fantastic. And the group were really nice. Um, yeah, it was a really fun weekend. Very different to being in person. I've actually been to Unravel in person before. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favourite wool shows because it's it's such a unique venue. I don't know yeah. if you've ever been to Farnham. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool venue. And there's lots of like little nooks and crannies, kind of little rooms with like vendors hidden around. And I think the first time I went was like 2010. Yeah. Maybe, 2011. So it's been a while. But yeah, it was, it was different. Um, I think that one of the things that I really struggled with because I'm a talker is that on the sessions, even if there wasn't many people in the group, people weren't really asking questions or kind of interacting. So mm-hmm. the vendors were kind of asking questions and there was just silence and I can't deal with silence. <laughs> so I was constantly like unmuting and just asking them a question. And then I was like, I feel like I'm hogging the airwaves a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that was one of the things I was really nervous about, but I didn't want to leave them hanging. <laughs> well, no, no. No one's going to answer. But yeah, it was it was interesting. And it was nice to have that kind of extended time to see like vendors showing their products. Mm-hmm. where normally you kind of have those one-to-one conversations, which I did miss. Um, and obviously no yarn fumes. You can't like smell through the screen. It's not the same, is it? Smell a vision. Oh. Maybe they should send like a little envelope out to people with a little piece of yarn and you can <laughs> sniff it, you know. Just waft it as you often. If you need it, yeah. <laughs> um, a little bit of a pick-me-up, thing- like snuff. They could give you a little snuff box, but put yarn in it. <laughs> <laughs> yarn snuff. Love Snuff's it. really popular now, apparently. <laughs> is it? Is it making a comeback? Apparently it's a thing again, yeah. Hipsters probably I mean yeah. you've got to do something now the man buns are gone anyway continue <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think one of the other things that was quite different to, to obviously being there in person is vendors are offering discounts on the weekend and mm-hmm. I think one of the things that kind of concerns me about you know all the the timed entry and and COVID secure ways is that obviously it's going to really reduce capacity in terms of people being in there there on the day mm-hmm. um, and I did see a couple of videos and it looked really well done the one-way systems and but when you think of a wool festival, you think, you know, it's like a big scrum, isn't it? Everyone's in there. Yeah. And it was just so spaced out and there just didn't seem to be many people. But that's obviously because it's a timed entry thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, vendors were offering discount codes, uh, many of them on the sessions. So people were to kind of entice people into to buying stuff. So hopefully that paid off for them. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I think it's kind of the first real in-person wool show. I think there were some small ones last year. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I think hopefully it worked well for them. But I did miss that social aspect with peers because you could interact with the vendors, but kind of chatting in a Zoom chat bar is not the same as kind of going, oh, that shawl's amazing. You know, what pattern is it? And then t- weirdly touching people. <laughs> I know. Do you love a little bit of a mall? I mean, you, you shouldn't, should you? But it is when someone walks past you like, oh, the knitwear. <laughs> Or cuddling them when they're like, oh, if I see you, please say hi. And I'm like, oh, I'll say hi. <laughs> and then like rugby tackling them to the ground. It's like, it's so nice to see you. They're like, oh, 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 oh. oh it's you, Joe. Oh, it's okay then. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, I think that's kind of the one thing that, that was missing. But I think the team did such an amazing job in terms of putting that on online. I mean, I know from from like work, doing online live events on mass like this is a really big really big thing it's a really big undertaking mm. um I had a small hiccup on the first day with some passwords but I rang up Unravel and was put on the phone Alison straight away and she just dealt with it there and then and she was absolutely amazing 
Mm-hmm. It's probably me just typing it in wrong, to be fair. And it was just dealt with straight away. It was just, it was done really well online. It was just seamless. You went to a landing page as soon as the time had ticked down. Yeah, it just, it just booted Zoom up straight away and you were in. So it was good. So it was Zoom that was the platform for the video or was it, because yeah. I thought it was going to be a like a specific separate events platform or is that just that it was organised through the events platform but then farmed out to Zoom? Yeah, that's right. So it was a it was an online events platform that was kind of hosting all the different sessions. So when you registered, you got like an event hub. And on that hub, it had like a schedule for that day of things that you had paid for. So it had social events in there. It had all the vendor sessions. And then you just kind of clicked view session. It took you to a landing page with like a timer Mm -hmm. and told you what the session's all about. And then once the timer ended, it just booted Zoom up straight away. So it was done. It was done really well, actually. It was quite seamless. Mm -hmm. Which for me, I'm not used to using Zoom as much. We we use Teams at work, so it was kind of like, oh, I'm going to do something really wrong. But yeah, it was, it was absolutely fine. It, it worked really, really well. It was a good platform, actually. I'm not sure what it was, but it did. It worked really well, and no no real issues to be honest. I, I really enjoyed it. I was kind of buzzing all weekend, <laughs> kind of bouncing around the house like, yay, knitting. But it's nice, isn't it, when it's been like there's been so little interaction or planned stuff or anything available. And it just, a lot of people say it, and I, I think it is true. There just isn't as much of a, a buzz from buying stuff online. I think that, you know, having it and being able to show it to you, what, you know, what have you bought, show it to the people you see and to, to touch it. I think we are quite tactile people. That's why we like to make things. And I think that is a big, big part of it. So it's kind of overcoming that reluctance of people, I think, as well to to buy stuff when they've not had their hands on it. Yeah, definitely. initially. I think the nice thing about the vendor slots being an hour, the vendors obviously had things that they wanted to show, but then they were saying to people, just shout out what you want to what you want to see. So when in the John Arbon one, people were like, can I see the the harvest hues? So then they were just grabbing them and going, these are all the different colours. Um, you know, want to see a specific range of by numbers and they were just able to show you them directly. So that was really nice. Sorry, there's so, a rabbit running around. I know she. I saw her pop up <coughs> and then and then go back in the cage again. It's very funny. Um, you didn't see it because obviously she was behind you, but I saw her. Um, she's getting involved, getting involved in the podcast. You know, the bunnies always get involved in the podcast, right from Daisy Bamboo. Always, always podcast, podcast rabbit, um, podcast bun. So I've completely distracted by Daisy there. Um, that one wasn't Daisy, but the thought of Daisy, like I'd gone back to Daisy and then got distracted. Um, so how did it work with the, obviously like you've got the vendors and the live show. Yeah. The vendors in America kind of make sense because they're not there, but if they are a vendor that is there as well, how do they manage that timed entry versus them doing their slot thing? Yeah. So I was quite curious about that. So John Arben weren't there, I believe. They were just coming from the from the mill, but I did watch a pom pom session. So pom pom were talking about their ready set raglan book, mm-hmm. and Lydia was not at the festival, but I think um, the other I can't remember was Sophie was actually I think she was there because she had the stand like a pom pom stand behind her. Mm-hmm. So I think they must have just kind of worked it. So one person was on the stand and someone was off elsewhere, kind of doing uh, doing the session. But I did see a couple of vendors doing it live from the stand. Yeah. So they had like a they had like a, a stick with the phone on and they were kind of just doing it live while it was while they were there. Fab. So okay. right in the mix of things. See that because that feels like you could get a little bit more, you know, 
bit more Atmos, but how do you manage that? I mean, because that was one of the things, and I, I know you listened um, in the podcast that I was a bit kind of, con- not concerned about, concerns the wrong word, but it was something to bear in mind was that thing of, if you are not a person who is comfortable doing live streamed video, how do you rationalize yeah. that? You know, and being able to like for an hour, I mean, good grief, that is a very long time for anyone, let alone someone who's not used to being on live. So it is. And I think that that could have been a concern for many people. I know from delivering training, it's really weird when you're talking to people, but you're not getting anything back because yes. they might be chatting in the chat bar. But as a teacher, I'm kind of used to it. I used to teach like A-level students and, you know, getting information out of them was challenging enough. <laughs> so I'm used to not having people reply to me. But I can imagine some of the vendors were kind of like, any questions? Do not have any questions? So then they started asking questions to people who were listening to try to, mm-hmm. to try and get that engagement going. And I think it was it was a lot harder in some sessions than others. Yeah. Yeah, it's understandable. Totally, I was just like interested in. Yeah, in I feel. I, I think as <clears throat> I think a lot on it as uh, well. I, I feel I'm a <laughs> I'm an introverted extrovert, which is a bit weird, or an extroverted introvert. Yeah, so I, I like my downtime, but I can, you know, stand up and mm-hmm. podcast <laughs> or stand up in front of a group of people and deliver training or whatever. Um, I think a lot of it has kind of just wanted to dial in and just kind of stay on mute, keep their camera off and just listen, which is perfectly mm-hmm. fine. Um, but then there's me kind of sat in the background going, oh, no, I don't I don't like the fact that no one's asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Worrying for the vendors. Yeah, because it's so much easier just to answer a question. And they're obviously so knowledgeable and they know the stuff inside out. And if someone asks a question, then they can wax lyrical on that for five minutes. And that's another five minutes down range, isn't it? Yeah, um, definitely. I can imagine yeah. trying to trying to get it going and especially when it's this this format and people aren't sure of the form I find they tend to do nothing to wait for someone else to show them how to behave with it um yeah. not that there's any kind of rules for behavior I guess on that that other than don't be in like, a dick um <laughs> it's that thing of like well what, what am I allowed to ask questions am I not can I turn can I unmute myself can I not it it, it, it takes a bit of managing I think um initially to say like this is this is my stall this is what I want to do to manage the questions and how it's going to go so yeah I think um a lot of the sessions were recorded as well so people can kind of go back and watch them because I missed quite a few on the on the Friday because I was at work but then went back and just watched them on Sunday afternoon when Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing anything else I thought I'll go and watch the pom-pom one for example um and that was really nice to to be able to kind of go back and I think they were just being uploaded kind of the on the night of after that happened so that was really good yeah, because quite quite often in a show when they do have these multi-stream programs, you don't always get to go to them. Like someone will do a talk and you'll forget about it and you'll pitch put the back halfway through and have missed like half the context or, you know, you get caught up in a, in a class and then you can't attend the talk. And it's good that we've got all these different things around a yarn show now. It isn't just about selling yarn and people have definitely cottoned on to the whole it's an, a visitor experience thing. And, but you yeah. do tend to miss stuff. So it is nice to have that option of, oh, well, I could go back and, and watch the bits I didn't have time for or or whatever. So I think that's quite a neat idea. It definitely helped with the time management of things because I was thinking, oh, well, I'm at work today, so I can't see that one and that one. But I know that that's been recorded, so I can just go back and watch that later. And it just it just felt a bit more flexible because yarn shows are a bit crazy, aren't they? When you go yeah, there and you're running around like a headless chicken. So it was quite nice. It was a very chilled, very chilled weekend. Oh, that's good. 
And what about in terms of like the the classes? Obviously, how how easy is it to like absorb the information? Because knitting is one of those things where it's quite often easy, just easier to sit next to someone and show them with your hands, and then you can see it. Did yeah. they have multiple camera angles? Like, how did they they handle that that aspect of it? Yeah. So the both, as I say, both workshops I did were with Bristol Ivy, and the first one was more about kind of conceptual knitwear design thinking well knitting outside the box of thinking about <laughs> knitwear design in a different way and that was very much uh there was activities to do but it was more paper-based mm-hmm. so you didn't have to do any knitting it was just I had a notebook and just scribbling down ideas and making notes and there was handouts and things so that was really helpful the the second workshop that I did with her the next day she actually had another camera so oh, we were doing we were knitting shawl shapes. So we did uh, four different shapes. So she had the camera kind of facing her, but then she had one above so you could see her hands. Fair. And what the most amazing thing about that was she has a really cute cat. And every now and again, you just see a paw coming into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and then like the cat's paw would disappear. And then the cat would walk under the camera. So she'd have to pick him up and move him. But he <laughs> wanted to be on camera and he was beautiful. Love it was that. quite funny as well, because I was sat at the... I was sat in the kitchen at the island and just in the middle of the workshop, Bristol just went, Amy, can I just say your cat is poking her head through the banister and she's amazing. And the cat was behind me and she was just sticking her head through, like looking. She interrupted the whole workshop. They love it, don't they? They just want to be a cat meme. They want to be famous. Yeah, I think that's what it is. She was just Mm -hmm. after attention. And that worked really well because because you could see her hands and you could actually see her and she was screen sharing as well. So you could see the handouts on the screen uh, and she'd sent us all copies as well. So it was really well organized and I'm a note taker. So I was just scribbling and I found it really easy to focus because I wasn't getting distracted. Oh, sorry, rabbit just jumped on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not editing that out by the way. I'm He's not. So naughty. I might just start, oh. start off with that. Like ooh, get everyone's attention. Continue. <laughs> um, it was it was really good because I wasn't getting distracted by other people in the room, mm-hmm. so I was just focusing on the screen. And people had their cameras on down the side, so you could obviously see people knitting away and things. But it was really nice to just focus on the workshop, focus on me notes, focus on me knitting, and not get distracted by shiny things in the room. So for me, it was it worked really well. I don't yeah. know about the other workshops. There was the thing I really liked about uh, Unravel is I often. I often find, I don't know if you find this, at a lot of wool shows, I can't really find workshops that will teach me anything new. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like, oh, I've kind of done that in somewhere. And often they are they are very expensive. Mm. I thought these ones are really good value. And it was just nice to find a workshop that kind of matched where my interests are now. Yeah. So kind of looking more towards design. And I thought, oh, actually, I've been looking to buy her book for a while now. So I'll do the workshop and kind of see how it goes. And that was just quite nice because I know I've been stalking the Vogue Knitting Live workshops as well, just to see mm-hmm. if anything unusual comes up on them. But because of the time difference, um, often the the ones that I'm interested in are like the middle of the night here or really early in the morning. Yeah. So it was just it was just a novelty to find something that I was kind of like, oh, I'd like to do that. But there were some amazing workshops um, set up for Unravel. I think there were some really good teachers. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did yeah. seem to be able to get some of the bigger names or more exciting or more um, 
teachers that you don't see as often because they don't have to travel. So it's a lot yeah. easier to get more of, of those kind of names that we don't see this side very often because you're not playing for, paying for plane tickets or accommodation or whatever else. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just the accessibility of doing stuff online. As I say, it's kind of, it's got its, it's, got its pros, it's got its cons, but it just, I mean, those people on there saying, you know, I can't actually visit the, the, the yarn festival in person, but I thought, well, with it being virtual, I can mm-hmm. dial in. So I really hope that they had really good attendance because of that. And as I say, I think it was really good value. So I had a great weekend. I just, yeah, what's next? Awesome. No, that's really good. And and obviously it's good to get like feedback from someone who actually attended and attended several parts of the program and has been to the show as well. You get a, a lot broader of um, an opinion. Um, so if there was anything that you could add that wasn't part of the experience and I'm throwing this question on you so I'll give you a little bit extra to think about it if there's anything you think you know it it was great you loved it it's clear that you had a really good time and you felt it was really worth it if there's anything extra you could add and that you think would just make it even better what would that be oh good question I'm not really sure to be honest I think somehow something that would allow people to to socialize more kind of in a one-to-one because I think when you have when you have things like the, the the live podcast was brilliant I really enjoyed it and it was a new to me podcast I never come across them before mm-hmm. and that was really nice because it was kind of us watching them having a conversation it was facilitators you know there was there was interaction but it would be nice to have have some sort of forum where people were able to maybe go out in the breakout rooms and mm-hmm. and have kind of mini sessions so you could have one maybe on um, one on crocheting, one on knitting, one on spinning, or on a particular aspect of knitting, and kind of break that out so people could just kind of talk to each other, mm-hmm. um, ears wise. Uh, one of the sessions with the American vendors, um, she was talking about arranging kind of a cross cross the oceans Zoom call, mm-hmm. so we could have the UK and the US kind of meeting up maybe once a week, once every two weeks to to just sit and talk about yarn and knitting and spinning. I was like, wow, that'd be amazing. And then she was like, and we could have a yarn swap. And it was just kind of building into this community. And I was like, this is amazing. I think that's what I'm really missing. <laughs> you can probably yeah. tell. I miss that yarny community. Um, I don't really have a knitting group out of COVID times here because I've mm-hmm. kind of moved away from where I was living before. And yeah, I kind of miss that. So something more social probably. No, that's a really good idea, actually. I like that. Um. So do you think it's going to catch on? Like, do you think this will become the new de facto standard for yarn shows in the same way that Edinburgh sort of, well, it was it was Unwind Brighton that started the whole workshops alongside thing. Yeah. And then obviously Edinburgh went for the full on festival. Do you <laughs> think this is going to catch on? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think so. I think there's potential for it. I think it depends on on who's organizing it, really, because I think when you're doing something online, particularly if they're going to go like hybrid event in person and online, that's a lot of work mm. to do. And organizing a yarn show, I can imagine, is a big enough task anyway. I mean, I exhibited at Yarndale twice the first mm-hmm. two years, and it was big enough chore being an exhibitor there, <laughs> never mind organizing the festival. But I think... I think it could really, I think it obviously depends on how um, Unravel uh, Unravel went in the end, but I would like to see it. I think it would, it would really enhance 
that kind of overall experience because even if you attended the in-person festival for one day you could mm-hmm. still pick up on the other things on the days you didn't go yeah I like to see that um but then <laughs> people are people going to get fatigued of sitting on zoom after however many months it's been now um I'm not really sure but I think it's a potential mm. I don't it's think about, it counts right, it's not a crap work, work meeting does it if it's about yarn you're like no it's fine sit here and chat yeah work me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, okay. I think it depends on the platform as well. If you've got good technology that works, mm. like they had at the weekend, I think you're under a winner. But if you don't have a good platform, I think it could just do more harm than good. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point. Hence me asking about like the the workshops and stuff and how that went because there is that potential there. If it's not good quality, for people to be quite mm. upset. Um, yeah. I was wondering how the workshops were going because I don't know if they did any in person or if they were all done by Zoom. Because I was thinking, if they're done in person and on Zoom, how on earth does that work? Are you just going to be on a little screen in the corner? <laughs> um, they definitely did some in in person ones, but I think it was either mm-hmm. or, obviously, because yeah. like the management mm-hmm. of of that, I think, is a little bit A level for most people to be able to yeah. do that. So, um, still a really good selection um, of options, but there was definitely it was more exotic in terms of where people were coming in from and and all of that that stuff on the on the online one for obvious reasons so yeah definitely opened it up to to other to other kind of teachers which was very exciting it was hard to choose actually Mm. yeah there's a lot of good ones on there it was. It was kind of like, oh, but I'd quite like to do that one. I'd quite like to do that one. But I am pleased I did the ones that I did because it was very mathematical and very, it just, it was how my brain works, mm. kind of in a very kind of scientific shapes and numbers kind of way. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to be now waiting for all of these patterns to come out, Amy, like You've no excuse now because you've you're clearly so excited about it that you're going to have to do it. Oh, the problem is I've got um I've got a really boring thing I need to finish first, and I can't knit when Milo Bunny's around because he eats me yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I pick it up, he just chews it, so he's very naughty. So I need to finish that, and then I've got a couple of designs in my head. I've got a shawl design and a cardigan design. I just want to get going with. Oh, exciting. Well, obviously, when you get going with them, you can send them to me and I'll share them out so everyone can see them. Go knit them. It's going to be amazing. Put them out into the world. I haven't designed anything in ages, actually, probably since I had the shop. And the shop closed in 2016, so it's a little while ago. Yeah. Good old Harbour Yarns, eh? Yeah. Back in I was day. down there a couple of weeks ago, and it's a sweet shop now. Ah. Well, I mean same thing really yeah. <laughs> depends whether you want sweets or yarn <laughs> <laughs> yeah I do get very nostalgic about it every now and again mm. it's a lot of work though yeah yeah definitely I like I can just support other people now exactly exactly it's a awesome well I better let you get back to to your knitting and hiding from Milo bun and um and crack on so thank you so much for um agreeing to come on and for chatting to me and giving us your opinion 
It's been lovely to to come on and just wax lyrical about my uh, lovely weekend. <laughs> I know, so exciting. And I think we did really well to like not mess about too much because there's always a potential for us to go off on one um, and <laughs> mucking around. So I, I think I think we deserve like a pat on the back. Yeah, for that, definitely. For sure. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed the chit chat with Amy. Definitely one for the accent freaks this episode, I would say, with Amy's lovely northeastern ex- accent and my lovely northwestern English accent. Uh, definitely one for you if you enjoy that. So thank you, Amy, for coming on and giving us a really great rundown of your trip, your virtual trip from your kitchen island to unravel so that is all i have time for this week i hope you enjoyed the show you can find the show notes for this episode at shinybees.com forward slash 177 but until then i hope you will have a lovely week happy crafting and i'll speak to you all again soon cheers You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review for the show on Podchaser, iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Music for this episode is with kind permission of Adam and the Walter Boys with I Need a Drink, also available from iTunes. If that's all right, I need a drink.